Hey, what's up, all you motorcycle enthusiasts? Welcome to another Mile Post Marker, the V-Twin Life, where we talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins, what fuels our passion, and why we enjoy them so much. The V-Twin Life is sponsored by that Northwest brand, Crash Inc. Clothing. You can find them on the World Wide Web at CrashInClothing.com and on Instagram at Crash underscore Inc. And if you're on that website ordering yourself some Crash gear, do not forget that promo code CRASH1, all uppercase letters. You will not find that promo code anywhere else on my social media, just here on the V-Twin Life, where... We'd like to say thank you for uh, tuning in your support, so uh, feel free. And if you're in that Tigard, Oregon area up in Northwest Oregon, you swing into Paradise, they do have Crash Inc. on the shelves, and you can pick it up now. And also, if you're in the market for a new windshield for your bike, hey, check out Long Ride Windshields at longrideshields.com. You can use that promo code, the Life 15 at checkout. Save yourself 15% off site-wide to anything Long Ride Shield sells. So check them out. So now let's get into the episode of my post 27 with Jeff Wyatt, better known as Riot. You know, if you're an endurance rider, you might have heard of him. Riot has ridden the Hokahe more than once, has done some, had some great finishes. The guy does some serious endurance riding, but he's not just riding for him. He's riding for a cause and for a better mission. So, hey, let's dive into this with Riot. Hey, what's going on, man? Another day in paradise. It's uh, it's a little chilly up here in the northeast, uh, so uh, it's time to get gear together and bikes fixed and uh, tuned up for a, a long uh, season that's right around the corner now. That's kind of how it is here in the northwest. It's like the mid-40s outside, but it, it's teasing you and tempting you with blue skies, but man, it, it's not warm at all. Yeah, it's like uh, 15 degrees here today and 40-mile-an-hour winds, so there's no teasing. I'm just not going. Okay, so, yeah, that's a little worse <laughs> than here. I'll, I'll take I'll take mid-40s over 15 any day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, hey, uh, what got you into motorcycling, man? Where did, where did it become uh, something that you really enjoy? I tell you what, I got into motorcycles many, many years ago, 30-some uh, years ago. I uh, just had a... Uh, an itch none of my friends really rode i didn't grow up on dirt bikes i just had an itch something called to me about riding motorcycles so uh many years ago i bought a yamaha virago 920 so to all the old guys out there know exactly what i'm talking about yeah. 80, 82 uh yamaha virago and it, it went uh real fast back in the day and it was a lot of fun and i quickly transitioned to harleys after that and hardtails and i just fell in love with uh the open road and and uh, screaming around corners and blasting down long straightaways and, you know, being able to see sights from uh, a view that's like none other, you know, that, that open air feeling to, you can't, to everybody listening to this that rides, you know exactly what I'm talking about. To everybody uh, in a car right now looking out a windshield, you're missing about 85% of the world's view. That's, that's a very good way of putting it. I understand. Actually, man, my first bike, I started on the 83 Honda Sabre. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was cheap, but you know what? It ran, and I put a bunch of miles. Man, that was actually the first bike I ever took. That was my first motorcycle trip. I went for a, how do we do? Four days. Me and my dad did a loop around the state of Washington. That was that got me hooked into a motorcycle. and Well, not so much motorcycling, but I think enjoying the road on two wheels, just getting out for a few days, and that was... Jesus, 20 years ago, I did my first my first uh, motorcycle trip. That was freaking awesome. Yeah, usually you take one big long one like that, and you uh, you get hooked on it pretty quick. It's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. So what got you go- kind of going into wanting to 
to the endurance theme because you know I've done some riding and, and you know I have some friends that say, "Man, you've it's crazy how much you know they point at me how much I ride," and then I can look at someone like you and it's like, "Dude, I got nothing." <laughs> well, I tell you what, I, I I kind of evolved into it. I used to ride hardtails and and I wanted to try to ride to Sturgis one year on a hardtail, and that was I lived in Minnesota at the time, so it was only like eight hundred miles and. I did that and, and then I just kind of evolved. And then one day I thought I'm going to ride a thousand miles in one day. And, and I stopped and took a picture of my odometer at a thousand miles. And I thought that was quite an accomplishment. And then, uh, it just rolled and I, I ride with a bunch of guys in the boost fighters, uh, motorcycle club. And we go on a lot of trips and I just kept going a little farther, a little farther. And then I got word of the Hokahe motorcycle challenge. And I thought, you know, I could give that a whirl. And, you know, I thought my goal was to finish it. So uh, it just kind of evolved into that. And now today I spend a lot of time getting my motorcycle prepared for long distance rides. So uh, for me to ride a thousand miles is really nothing. I'll do that just for uh, fun. Um, but it's nothing for me to sit in a saddle all day long. I, I, everything is set up perfect for me. So that's really the how it's evolved. Let's say it just evolved into doing what I do. I didn't wake up one morning and say, I want to try to be one of the best endurance riders uh, around. It just kind of fell into it. And I turned out I can do it pretty well. That's awesome. You know, it's pretty cool. Cause you know, we got that mutual friend, Craig Johnson from wild ass. And when he's like, Hey, I got a few guys you might want to meet. He brought up your name. And to me, it's like, dude, I know, I know who you're talking about from, you know, following the Hoka. Hey, I mean, that's something I've, I followed it for a few years and, you know, maybe, Maybe one of the years I'll I'll sign up and see if I can if I can complete it. But it was so it was cool for me to hey you know you need to hook up with Riot. I'm like, dude, I know the guy you're talking about from following the adventures and you know following the Hoka Hey. It's like man, this is for me. This is an honor. You know, getting to talk to you is is freaking really cool for me. You know, first of all, thank you for you know taking time out and wanting to talk bikes. No, it's awesome. I, I love it. I could talk about this stuff all day because I, I truly do love it. And I've met so many cool people. And, you know, you talk about Craig at, at a wild ass seats. Um, I had never, I was pretty a simple rider. I didn't really put anything fancy on my bike. I just had a, an Electroglide, no radio, no GPS, nothing. I just rode and uh, did that. And I had a decent seat on it, a nice seat. And I could not take sitting in the set. I was so sore when I got done after a long day. And, and, uh, after the first Hoka, Hey, I ran into another rider uh, named Paco. And I said, you know, I ride and I know what I had to do to get to this finish line. And, you know, you walked away from me. I said, man, how can you sit in a saddle that long? He turned me onto the wild ass seats. And I, I tell everybody, you know, uh, get a good seat on your bike and then top it with a wild ass seat. And it makes all the difference in the world. So, um, and that's what I mean. It's, it's a lot easier to be an endurance rider when you set your bike up properly and setting it up, you know, you got to spend a little money, but when you do, it's money well spent. Yeah. Cause if you're going to be in that saddle that long, man, you have, you best be comfortable to, to be able to put down that kind of miles and keep it going day after day, especially like, you know, like talking the Hoka. Hey, I mean, that's what minimum of 10 days. Yeah. There's uh this past one. Uh, there were five of us that did it in 10 days, but it's typically, uh, you know, the, the elite riders, the top 20 riders, they come in anywhere between 10 and 14 days. And, you know, when I'm, when I'm competing like that, I'm usually riding for around 20 hours a day. So if you're going to sit in a saddle for 20 hours, you better have that 
you know, completely set up for you and, you know, spend a little extra money on some uh, fringe benefits, like a nice, uh, like a nice seat suspension, you know, those kind of things that really, really make a difference. And, you know, I, I bought my wild ass seat and it made a huge difference. I preach about it to everybody I run into and um, Craig reached out to me because I lost mine on this last year's Hoka Hay and he reached out to me and uh, met me on the road so I could get a new one uh, when I was in Minnesota uh, heading on a different trip. But so I thought that was really cool. He went out of his way to meet me. And so we got to talk. And since then, we've gotten to be friends. And I just recommend him to everybody. And he's uh, getting behind my um, nonprofit and going to help me out with some fundraising. So it's really mutual for both of us. It's awesome. And, and I, I don't preach or talk about anything on a bike that doesn't work. So nobody, uh, there's nothing on my bike that, uh, that isn't, does that make, that doesn't make the long distance endurance riding more beneficial, put it that way. Yeah. And, and you know, it's like you, when you touch on suspension, because it's not only, you know, being comfortable for your ass that long in a seat, but suspension from, you know, taking a toll on your body, it's, whatever you can do to make the ride more comfortable all around is it's going to pay off in the long run. I mean, and you would definitely would know that for sure. Yeah, it's it's amazing how sore you get and how beat up you get when you're not set up right. Because the first time I did the whole hey, my bike was just stock. And I didn't really know any different. I never had a real nice suspension on it. Um, I never did anything like that. So Legend suspension, I blew my suspension part. And I reached out to Legend to see if they would give me a, any kind of a discount on it, you know, if I, you know, uh, worked with them. And, so anyhow, I went out to meet the guys at Legend last year, last summer, and I put them on my race bike, and it's just amazing. I tell everybody I run to, like, I can't believe I rode a motorcycle for 30-plus years, and I competed, would compete on a motorcycle for the last uh, three years, and I didn't have a, a quality suspension. And it is not about the comfort of the ride, which is incredible. But that's not why I use it, and that's not why I, you know, try to get people to buy it and switch to it. It's because the performance is unbelievable. And when you come into a corner, like in the Hoka Hay, there's, it's all back roads. So you're riding around corners, and you come over a hill, and you don't know where you're at. They're unfamiliar roads. and You come over a hill, and you might be going well over the, the speed limit for that corner. And you don't have a choice but grab a bunch of brakes. And what I found is when you have the proper suspension, like that legend suspension, I grab the front brakes. The front end does not dive down. It just holds tight, gets the bike slowed down so I can enter a corner, even if I have to still be on the brakes. And I mean, I cannot tell everybody enough that that, if you use that system one time and it saves your life, it's worth the money you spent. And the rest of the time you're riding so much more comfortable and don't take the beating on your body. It was absolutely amazing. I'll never have another bike without a quality suspension on it. Never. I'll, I'll skip everything else. You know, if that's all I can afford, if I can only afford one thing, I'll be at legend getting a new suspension put on. That's it. Yeah. I've heard nothing but great things about them. And that's one thing that I, you know, I want to upgrade in the, in the future on my road glide is it's time for some suspension work. Yeah. Once you have it, you'll never go back. It's like, you don't miss something you never had. But once you have it and realize the benefits of it and, you know, being a Harley rider with a bat fairing, you know, at high speed cornering, you'd get the wobble where mm-hmm. the bike would kind of want to climb up the corner and everybody listening to your podcast here with the bat, the bat, the bat fairing knows what I'm talking about. It takes that 
right away. And it happened on the, on the road glide fairing as well, because I rode one of those in the whole I had to borrow a bike and, and, uh, it did the same thing, laddered up the corner. That suspension takes that right away. Just is amazing. Well, how many miles was it this year when you did the last Hoka Hay, but how many did you end up riding? Uh, just a shade over 10,000 miles. It was, uh, just, yeah, just over, it was like 10,080 miles. Uh, the first, the first one I did was 10,400. I think I was better at navigating this year because it's, they're always right around 10,000, but, mm-hmm. uh, I spent a lot of miles my first time going the wrong direction, taking wrong turns. It's, it's, a uh, part of that challenge is the navigation. So it was, uh, I put a little extra miles on at that time. <laughs> yeah. I bet that could be a little different because, you know, I mean, well, you know, firsthand I've, you know, follow along and read along. I mean, there's no no electronic GPS is handwritten maps and you got to navigate your way and be smart at reading your maps. Yeah. They have uh they just give you turn by turn directions. So it's yeah, half of that challenge is being able to navigate. The other part is being able to ride and, you know, do the endurance part, but being able to navigate is an amazing challenge and it really takes a lot of getting used to and everybody has their own system. All they keep track of the turns and when they turn and, how many miles they went between turns so they know when to pay attention the most and it's really uh which really makes it a fun event you know uh you're just back country roads you're doing on two lane roads little county roads it's it's an amazing event designed around you know charity raising money helping other people and then testing yourself and testing you're not really racing against other riders um they do have places. There is a winner and there are, you know, people that finish, you know, in order. But when I'm out on the road, I'm, I never really think that I'm competing against uh, another guy. I I always feel like I'm just competing against myself and I'm just going to give it a hundred, a hundred percent. And when I come to that finish line, whatever place I'm in, I just shake the hands of those in front of me and encourage the ones behind me because I figure if I give it a hundred percent, anybody that beat me, I know what it took for me to get to that finish line in that place. So I know what they would have had to do to beat me. So I just shake their hand, wish them well. And it's I, that approach to me is a lot better. And that's the approach that almost everyone has that, that competes in the, the Hoka. Hey, it's a more of a personal challenge than a, than a, you know, seen as a race, you know, uh, and I'm just a competitive guy. So I want to do well. If you took everybody else out of it, I'd ride that, that the exact same way if I was the only rider or if there was 500 riders. So it's a lot of fun. And something like that's got to be just as much mental as it is, you know, physically riding it. I mean, cause you're pushing yourself. Like I said, you know, when you're riding 20 hours a day and it's, it's a, a mental strain as much as it is, you know, physically still just keeping yourself going on your bike. <laughs> the, the mental aspect of it is incredible. And day one and two are really easy day your last two days really easy because you see the end it's the middle the seventh day when your body's sore you're tired you're mentally and physically drained you've been sleeping outside for a week now uh the weather's terrible you're cold you're hot whatever it is there's mosquitoes uh to get your mind right and get back on the bike and do another hard day and another hard day and another hard day that's the that's actually the the toughest challenge of it is keeping it right and there's days upon days you don't see anyone it's such back roads and remote places that you come into a town every now and then but there's just the vast majority of the day it's just you 
and you're you don't see other riders you don't see anything so it's just you against you and i was told by uh one of the riders there blackie that he told me when you're in the hokahe you're going to learn something about yourself and be prepared for what you're going to learn because you may learn something about yourself that you don't like and i thought that was the best advice i got it's really a lot of truth to it that is pretty interesting it's it's fun so this year you know one thing i know we we touched on the in the comments so being as you know you're you got all your uh you know, your brothers with the booze fighters. Did you kind of coerce any of those guys into wanting to ride it? Because you guys were pretty well represented in this year's Hokey, which I thought was freaking cool. But, you know, were some of those guys kind of inspired by you to want to do it? Or or how did all that come together? Yeah, they were, they were definitely uh, followed along when I did it in 2018. Um, we had a couple guys prior to that attempt it and had some issues and had to drop out. So in 2018... Um, a lot of them followed along and a lot of them really got involved with my fundraising and raised, it helped me raise money for that ride in 2018. And then I spoke about it at our national meeting and thanked everybody and just people really got on board with it. And then, you know, we had five guys in 2020 and there were a few more that just couldn't swing the work, uh, the work issues. And then when the COVID thing hit, they just couldn't swing it this year. We would actually would have had a few more in there. A couple had to drop out that were going to do it. And, um, but yeah, they were, they were motivated to watch and they wanted to test themselves and wanted to see what they could do, um, you know, by their own, their own personal best, you know, see if they could bring that out. And, you know, they really did. Uh, Diesel he's a good friend of mine from Florida and he won the, the Hokahe this year. You know, he's, uh, you know, leading up to it, the day we left, he's like, Man, I don't know if I got this in me, you know, and he's a hell of a rider and a uh, Marine, an ex-Marine. So he's got that mentality of, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let down. And he just went, went, went. And my hat's off to anybody can ride like that. And, you know, it was awesome. Then a couple of brothers, we had the Chauncey brothers. They came in 15, 16, I believe. Uh, and they rode the whole thing together um in memory of their, their mother who had passed away but it was awesome because riding together is a challenge for two people so i thought that was pretty cool for two uh for two blood brothers and two uh brothers in the club to stick together from start to finish cross that line together um and accomplish that was awesome and then our fifth rider uh hyde was his name he rode a, a 48 panhead Jesus. and you know uh yeah exactly so he had a 48 panhead and made it um, he had trouble with it, broke down in his charging system went, so he couldn't take a charge and, you know, you can't be stopping and charging stuff in a ride like that. So he cut the course and then just rode to Florida for the end of the road party. And, uh, it was just a, a great time, but to see him attempt that and he made it thousands of miles. Uh, I forget it was in Nebraska where he, you know, uh, had to pull the plug on it, but it was just cause he couldn't ride at night and had some issues charging. But anyhow, it was an amazing accomplishment to ride a 40 pan and he's already getting it ready for the next time you know and he's uh competing in in my race this summer on that panhead so it's just that part's incredible and, and those guys all get together a couple of them worked with me fundraising um so it was it was awesome it really brings a lot of awareness to what they're riding for when you got a guy going out there riding a panhead you know guy gets a lot of attention so it was really it was really something to see 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you're taking something like that and, you know, you're doing this endurance rides on Jesus on old pan, that's you're taking a beating on your body. That's, that's flat out fucking impressive. Yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, that's impressive is right. That was something I would attempt in my, in my twenties, but, uh, those days have come and gone. Yeah. I, I, I feel you there, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into that, you know, a little bit about your foundation, the Mile, Mon- Mile Monsters, Inc., because I think it's it's freaking amazing what you got going on, what you're doing. And, you know, let's let's share that and get it out there yeah, for that, more people to see. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I started a, a nonprofit this winter uh, just around Christmas time. We got all everything done and got it going. Took a little more work than I thought. But um, I was just taking my charity ride into the next level. Uh, when I was out on the road doing the Hoka Hay, we were sitting under the stars one night and I was talking with a friend of mine, Kay Solo, who kind of sets the bar for, you know, endurance riding. And he was like, tell me your, your charity end of what you do is amazing. And you combine that with your ability to ride, you know, you have, you should really take it to the next level. And that's, what we talked about the, the foundation and, or starting the nonprofit and riding for a cause and, so that's, that's what I did. I'm trying to get to the next level so we can help more, raise even more money uh, for a cause and help uh, those that need it. So it's really gives us a purpose and now we can recruit a little more people to ride under our flag. And it's just a lot of fun. You know, I ride to raise money to fight Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Uh, Jarofhope.org is the recipient of our, our money that we've raised and you know, going in the future. That's what we plan to do as well. Uh, we're going to help out a few others uh, with some other diseases along the way, but our main recipient is going to be uh, jarofhope.org, and that's a Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And if you're not familiar with that, there's a heartbreaking disease um, where it affects mainly boys, and Duchenne is a mutation of muscular dystrophy that just boys get. And or mainly boys, there are a few girls, but mainly boys, and it just attacks their muscles at a high rate of speed. And right now, that disease, the Duchenne endomuscular dystrophy, is 100% fatal. So uh, it's just terrible to see a boy who's four or five years old lose their ability to walk. So that's really what motivated me to ride in my first Hokahei and to do something so amazing for somebody who we're trying to get so they have the ability to ride a pedal bike. So when I put it to people like that, you know, they really get on board with it and they look at it and, you know, really see where the money goes and all of our money we raise goes right to helping kids. So it's, uh, I can't even stress enough what a difference it makes. So, you know, I thank everybody all the time for getting behind me with that, but that's what we started the, the mile monsters Inc. And it's a website we have and our nonprofit, but our website has all our events coming up uh, right on there. If people want to join in, they can join in right through there. If they want to donate, it can be right through there. And it really goes to a good cause. So I thank everybody for getting getting behind us. Yeah, I'd never even heard of Dushins. And, you know, why we're on this, you know, the his charity, everything we're going to link everything below is going to be in the podcast pod, man. I can't talk today in the podcast <laughs> description down below. So all the links, if you guys want to check out his website and what he has going on, you guys can just click the links and you can go right to it. Cause you know, w- what you're doing is absolutely amazing. And you know, there's so many charities of people doing stuff and anymore. It's crazy to see 
there's so many diseases. I mean, we're fighting for cause for so many and it's like around the corner there, you know, here's a new one that you, you know, I'd never heard of this one. And then, you know, I I read your mission statement and, you know, after talking to you and learning more about it, I mean, Jesus, you know, as a, you know, parent myself, I, I can't imagine what some of these parents go through and, you know, everything you're doing to try to help and everybody else is taking along with you. And, you know, I hope I can help in some way too. It's just, I'd love to see a cure for this disease because, you know, I I couldn't imagine watching, you know, my child go through that. It'd be yeah, it's, not an it's easy a, thing to go. It's absolutely horrible to watch that. And, you know, I was fortunate enough I didn't have my son affected to that. But I thought about a lot because I coached sports and I coached high-level sports for years, you know. So I coached a bunch of kids who were hitting home runs, running on the bases and, you know, doing all that neat stuff. And, you know, I, I'd be involved with these parents who had to help their their son walk up three steps, uh, that kind of thing. So it really it hit home, even though it wasn't home. If that makes sense. And uh, oh, you know, absolutely. Uh, so my mission was always to raise awareness for the disease, so more people hear about it. And I think I've accomplished that in my in my rides. And you know, I kind of had in my head I wanted to to put a hundred thousand miles on my bike, Pearl and raise a hundred thousand dollars for jar of hope. And since I started doing it, I put on 75, 80,000 on, uh, Pearl, my, that bike. And then, uh, we've already raised a hundred thousand over a hundred thousand dollars. So it's, uh, very fulfilling to do. And I've met so many kids and so many parents around the world who reach out to me, find me on our website, find us on Facebook uh, we have a Facebook group that I just run this uh, charity through Mile Monsters Inc. And then it says uh, Ride for Others. And uh, Charity Riders is uh, their name of it. But anyhow, we just do what we can and we try to raise some awareness if it's not just money, because not everybody has money to donate. But if they can share a page, they get to somebody I never know who we're going to run into. And I, it's my belief and my hope that someday, somewhere that I am, somebody will see my bike and go, I got an idea for that. Some doctor who's doing a research or some well-off person who wants to invest in research, you know, that kind of thing. So I just keep putting it out there and I have a very unique bike that people can see and, you know, really brings a lot of attention to it. So that, that's my goal is I, I keep riding I keep running and spread awareness. And I hope that someday I can reach somebody because I hear these stories from, a mom who lost their son in England, or I hear it from a mom whose son has it in Texas. And it is just, they're heartbreaking stories. And, you know, you just want to find a cure so fast. It's like painful to go another day without finding it. I I understand. I mean, it's, it's reading it. It is, it's painful to think, you know, you know, as much in the same boat as you, you think about, it. I mean, I coached baseball for, you know, 10 years in my community until my boys hit high school. I didn't want to coach them at that level. And I went into announcing baseball games and it's a great passion. And, you know, my son went on to play college baseball. And if yes, I was to look exactly back what and, I'm talking about <laughs> and yeah. And, and to see what some of these parents, I mean, it's man, I just, you get a loss for words. I mean, it, you think about it, if you try to put yourself in their shoes, I mean, that it can bring tears to your eyes. I mean, and that's no yeah. joke. And last year, last year in 2019, 
um, I did a race against time where I did 48 states and I was trying to do it in, in uh, eight days. And when I was done with it, uh, dad reached out to me who was going to take a ride and do all 48 states. And he said he was inspired by my ride and that he had lost a son to Duchenne. So, you know, for somebody to reach out and say he was inspired to take a ride like that um, by something I did after losing a son, I thought that was pretty impressive. And then um, this past year, we met up. I took a ride out to Iowa and met him. And, you know, we went out to the cemetery, and that was the first time that I had spent time with a parent of somebody who had lost their son to any disease like that, let alone Duchenne. So it was an amazing day to spend and to learn about, to learn about his son, Dylan, um, who had the nickname bullseye, but it was an amazing, uh, amazing experience that I can't even made all the miles and all the risk and all the danger I've faced, you know, just wash away right then. Oh, I, I could only imagine how you felt. I'd be quite the feeling. Yeah, it was incredible. Sometimes you can't describe how, uh, how cool some experiences were, and that was definitely one of those times. Not so much cool, and I mean, just the emotional side of it too. I mean, I, it had to, you know, really pull some strings and just really an eye-opening experience, I guess, is in a way to put it. Yeah, it really is. It really is eye-opening. And on my Facebook page at the Mile Monsters Inc., um, I do a lot of videos, and there's a, I put a video on there about that if anybody wants to look at it. It's th- uh, it's on there. You can scroll back through my prior videos, but there's one video about Dylan, and I tried to capture the best I. I'm not the best at that stuff, but I tried to do my best to capture the moment in that video, and it was it was really uh, it was really uh, something. I watched that one today. Actually, I showed that to my dad, and man, it it is pretty. It's pretty awesome. Thank you. It's a, it's an incredible story yet that Randy has and that he shared with me. And, you know, it's very hard for a, for a dad to open up and, you know, talk about some things. So I was very uh, proud to be the one that, you know, he wanted to open up to. It was pretty neat. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the whole thing, your, your whole cause, I mean, you know, you, you're on the bike, which is, you know, we all enjoy riding. And then when you can do something greater, but still doing something you enjoy accomplishing, you know, funneling both those into one, you know, it's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I love to ride. I love to ride. And I just found a passion for, uh, you know, being able to ride for others. It was something that I didn't know. I would have never guessed 10 years ago, this is what I'd be doing, but you know, here I am. Uh, and it just combined the two things and, um, I love to ride and I love to meet people and I love to, uh, to help people. So it's, you know, it is really a win-win for me. So how many events you got going on this year? Oh, uh, this year we have quite a few right now. We have in April, I'm doing a monster mountain. I'm trying to set some, uh, personal records. So I'm doing a monster mountain where I'm raising money for my, for my uh, nonprofit by riding from New Jersey to Mount Scott in Oklahoma. And I'm going to do that in one day. That's 1600 miles. And that's in April. And then in June, 
I'm going to attempt to ride from Coney Island, New York to the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, so rip across the entire country in 48 hours. So we're doing that. Yeah, we're doing that in June. And then from there, I'm going to actually take a, a leisurely ride up to your neighborhood in uh, Washington. And I just want to kind of see that area a little bit and hang out a couple of days. And then from there, I'm going to do a, a fundraiser or another from Washington to somewhere. I'm trying to figure that out yet. So I might do a Washington down to Miami before I go home. Um, and then August 1st, we have our first uh, ever Midwest Monster. And that is a one of a one of a kind uh, little competition I put together um, to try to bring endurance riders, uh, charity riders, and your average Joe a place to to meet, see what they have in them, see what they can do. So I, I devised a plan to, to uh, put this together. And what we're going to do is start in Kansas City at uh, there's a bar there called Boozers. And they're generously enough uh, going to open their doors to host. And what their ride consists of is we're leaving on a Sunday morning at five o'clock and you will spin a wheel when you register to see what direction you go. So you will go north, south, east or west. And then you take take off. But before you take off, when you leave on Sunday morning, you get handed an envelope. And you open the envelope up, and that's when you find your destination. So no two riders will have the same destination any given day. So they'll just take off from the place, ride a 1,000 miles, complete a couple tasks that you'll have to do, and then there'll be some bonus things you can do to get points. And then you have to return the next day back to Boozer's Bar in, uh, in Missouri. And then you spin the wheel, see what direction you go. The following morning at 5 o'clock, we do it over again. So we're doing that for for three trips, which will cover three directions. And then the last day you'll get a direction, but that will be a shorter thing. So it's just a one day around a thousand miles so you can get back. But the really uh, unique thing we're doing is a lot of people are afraid they can't do a thousand miles in a day. So we have our destinations that are a thousand miles away. But let's say you get to 750 and your bike broke down, you have problems or you just can't ride bad weather or you just don't have the skill level to do it. You can, you can stop at any point you want. You'll get points for the miles you go. And then there'll be a task that you'll have to do. And the task may be find a national cemetery and get a picture with a congressional medal of honor winner. Uh, we have a bunch of tasks like that. So you'd have to find something like that's not going to be necessarily riding and be a little bit of research. And then you have to ride, do it, accomplish that, and then turn around and ride back. So, you know, the, the people that win this are easily going to do a thousand miles a day. Uh, they'll probably do more. It'll probably be like around the 1200 range every day. So that's what the winners will do. But this is for everybody to try their hand at, you know, some navigation, their hand at some endurance riding. And you get to be there for everybody finishes at the same time. Our finish line is going to be open at a certain time and it closes. So within a five hour window, everybody will be back. And every other day, everybody's back at the bar to congregate and have a little, uh, a little fellowship, so to speak. So it's pretty unique and I've spent a lot of time working on it. So I'm pretty excited about it. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, I did mine this last August. I did my first, you know, thousand mile day. <clears throat> and a lot of people, you know, think, you know, why the hell would you want to do it? And it's actually, you know, for me, that, I mean, that was the first time I'd done one and it's not as hard as one thinks. 
I think for me, it's like once I hit around 750-ish, I think it got really easy because you could start, you know, all of a sudden instead of thinking, Jesus, I'm only at 200 miles, I got 800 to go. When you start, the clock starts going the other way. It's like you can, you really get that second wind and you go. And yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I did, what did I do? I did 1,014 miles in 19 hours, eight minutes with the time change because I went from Washington through Idaho to Missoula, Montana, over the Bitterroot Mountains, over Lolo Pass, and down to Boise, Idaho. That's a beautiful ride. It was awesome. And now some people start theirs differently. So my question, when you're doing a long ride, do you prefer to start earlier in the morning so you're not riding later into the night? Or how do you do yours? Because that's the way I like to do it. When I did mine, I left at 3.30 in the morning because I'd rather ride earlier to try to get to my ending destination. Say just for me, it was a 1,000 miles. That way I was trying to set it up where I was there, say, 8, eight o'clock-ish, 9 o'clock-ish at night where I'm not riding late in tonight. And for me, that, that worked for me, and it seems to be the system that I like. Now, do you have one that you prefer starting at that works better for you? Yeah, what works the best for me, what I try to do every time I'm competing, is I like to be on the road around 4 to 5 a.m. Um, that That's what I like the best because I don't like to ride most of the competitions I do and most of the hardcore ride I do summertime. So there's a lot of daylight hours. Mm-hmm. And I... I'm not a fan of riding at night, so I try to limit what I'm doing at night as much as I can. So I try to have my fresh hours be the most productive hours in the morning, and then you ride all day and into the night, and sometimes I've you know ridden all night with no sleep. But I try to stop when I get really tired. Is usually around midnight for me. So now, you know, in the summertime, that's only a couple hours after dark. So then I usually stop and I sleep four hours or so and I get back up and hit it again. So uh, four o'clock is like right in the wheelhouse for me, four to 5 a.m. And as the days go by, when the sun comes up, I always wake up. I never bring an alarm or anything. I just think it's light out. I usually uh, wake right up. So I'll be on the road by five o'clock at the latest during uh, competition time. Okay. I was just curious. I mean, like with mine, I went through the ride 1K in a day. I didn't submit mine like to the iron, but I think I'll yeah. I'll do an iron. You know, I'll register probably this summer. I'd like to do another iron, but do it through the Iron Butt Society too. And you know, it's like I, I follow the page for ride one k in a day. And some people seems like you know they'll get going around eight o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock, and you know, hey, if that's their you know the way they like to do it, hey, that's great for. But you know, for me, it's like you said, I'd rather start earlier and do have all the you know the prime daylight. Especially you yeah. know, riding at night in an area that you're not familiar with, I'd rather, you know, if I can avoid that at all costs, depending on, you know, say the direction of the route I pick, I'd rather, you know, not do it. And that's just, that's how I like to do it. And that's, you know, just for me. And so I just thought I would see, you know, what, how you like to handle it, you know, your, it, your starting points and whatnot. Yeah, everybody's different. So I tell everybody when you do it, you know, you'll find what works best for you. But if you're a morning person, get up early and go. Yeah, get up an hour or two before what you'd normally feel comfortable with and go then. You'll be fine. Uh, yeah. If you're if you're somebody who sleeps in and you get up at 10 in the morning every day, then leave at 8. Uh, you know, because you're kind of going to keep your normal cycle going. But I've met incredible riders. Billy Foltz rides in the Hokahe. He won it uh, in 2018. He's an incredible rider, and he loves to ride at night. So, you know, I would wake up and look at a tracker and 
you know, he gained 500 miles on me. I was like, how is that possible? <laughs> you know, <laughs> while I slept and, um, you know, so everybody's got their own jam and, and some people yeah. just love mornings and some people love to ride at night. So tell everybody, find your thing and don't expect to be, do a lot of endurance riding with other people because it's hard to get two people on the same, the same exact, uh, you know, track, you know, that is safe. So it's, you know, really varies from rider to rider. Yeah. Everybody's kind of going to get their, uh, their system down, uh, what works for them. And that's how it is. So I was just, I was kind of curious, you know, how you work it. Cause that's just, you know, for me, I like to just get going in the morning. Yeah. I think that works the best. You know, yeah. that's what I like. That's what I like to do. But you know, there's a lot of, a lot of quality riders and there's, you know, you have all the benefits nowadays with all the social media, you know, there's a ton of pages out there. There's whole pages. There's, you know, long distance riding pages. There's, you know, charity pages. There's a little bit of everything, but you can get a lot of the answers. You know, you can look on there and put a question and you'll get, you know, 20 comments from, you know, the top 25 riders in the world will be there, uh, you know, putting comments on there, you know, and you really can learn a lot if you reach out. You know, I, I was fortunate, became friends with one of the best riders there are in uh, Ken Andrews. And his name is uh, Go Home Ken. And that dude is on the road all the time. And uh, I finished behind him in my first Hokahay, and we just kind of hit it off, and we've been friends ever since. But, you know, you need a mentor. To, uh, this is a, a sport like any other. This is not just a hobby. It's a sport that is, you know, if you want to compete with the best, you have to learn from the best. And that's what, what I took from it. And Ken is a great mentor and a great friend of mine who I reach out to all the time when I need, when I have questions and, you know, really steers me in the right direction, gives me some pointers and tells me when I'm doing stupid stuff, <laughs> you know, and he'll say, right, don't be a dumbass. You can't do that. You know, <laughs> that'll get you killed or, you know, that'll do this or that. So, you know, you need somebody like that if you're going to do it. And people reach out to me all the time. And I, I don't have any problem with uh, talking to anybody about endurance riding. I want it to be safe for people and for them to have the love for it like I do. Yeah. And that's a good point. I think the other guy that I, I followed a lot that I still would like to get in touch with is K Solo. I mean, he's another guy that I followed his social media for a while and another great, impressive rider. I know you guys are friends and man, you guys are flat impressive when it comes to, to what you can accomplish. K Solo is uh, not only an incredible rider, he's an incredible human. You know, that makes uh that makes a big difference. You know, people like that, you know, when you talk to them, you get a lot more out of talking to them than just a tip on riding a motorcycle. You know, he's a very tip, but, you know, he has the the motto, aspire to inspire. And, you know, I use that a lot. It's on my, it's on my uh, milemonstersinc.com page where I give him the credit for it, where he was a big inspiration in that. And, you know, so he's a great person and, and he rides like none other. You know, uh, there's a, just a few people, him and Ken, uh, Chris Hopper uh, out of Texas. You know, the guys put 100,000 miles on in a year. That's know? freaking and, unreal. You know, to the people listening to this, they'll say, no way, it's not possible. That's exactly what I said if I go back four years. And somebody said, oh, these guys put 100,000 miles on. I would say, that's not possible. I ride my motorcycle all the time, and I'll put 60,000 miles on, and that's crazy long rides. And I, you know, be it's not possible, but yet I know 
multiple, multiple friends of mine <laughs> who put on a hundred thousand miles a year. So uh, it's absolutely amazing. And, and K solo does that, you know, uh, on a regular basis, crazy rides. And he does crazy rides to inspire people. And he, he does the same thing I'm doing with some charity work. And Ken Andrews is the exact same way. He does a lot of work for vets lot of charity work uh diesel the one who won the hokahe works you know he's a, a medically retired marine and he he does a lot of work for wounded vets and it's you know it seems to me when i look across the page of top tier riders they ride for more than bragging rights they all right. have a, a purpose and a mission and and they don't let their they don't let their ego get in the way of their mission if they have to stop if they have to stop to help a grandma on the side of the road, it's going to cost them uh, finishing in time. They'll stop. They don't care. They don't, you know, it doesn't matter to them. They'll, they'll lose, they'll lose a uh, competition over keeping their principles in line. You know, that's the, that's the kind of guys I gravitate towards. Yeah. Another guy I've had on, I did an episode with a guy, uh, Michael Nielsen. He started, he's got his social media called two wheels to survive. He's a medically retired army and he's again this summer he's teaming up with mission 22 and they're doing a 22 national parks tour this summer to help you know raise raise awareness and raise money for the 22 day you know foundation it's like michael said it's sad these days he's lost more friends home than he's lost downrange when he was serving in iraq and afghanistan and that's something that you know he holds near and dear to him and you know continues to to preach and do what he can to help his, you know, brothers and sisters who were this served our country. You know, he's, he understands, you know, he, he suffers from the demons, you know, PTSD and motorcycling has been a way that helps him. And, you know, he started, or I don't think he started the page, but he's part of a group of friends started a page for, you know, veterans, you know, they got their phone numbers. You know, if you guys are, you know, anybody's having those thoughts, say, Hey, reach out to any of us, you know, any of these guys will talk and they, you know, have taken upon their mission to to help one another to try to end this suicide that, you know, I think the best yeah. way to put it, like Michael said, you know, they're these these veterans, I mean, they're not just veterans, I mean there's these are, you know, American heroes, American treasures. And to see so many of them fall to the demons that they figure this is the only way out is it's really sad. And you know, Michael's he's taken upon that's part of his mission to raise money and raise funds and you know, he, he addresses his needs that way because it's something near and dear to him because he understands it. And, you know, I've, it's awesome. I got to meet up with him here a couple weeks ago. We went and shared a few miles because he is about two and a half hours from me. He lives over, you know, Olympia, South Seattle area, Washington. And it was really neat getting to, uh, you know, meet him face to face. We've, we've talked a lot on the phone. We've talked a lot over social media. You know, we've done the had him on the podcast and we've really built a friendship. But then when you get to meet that person face to face and man, I bet you when we first met up at the casino gas station, I think we ended up having coffee and standing in the parking lot for like 45 minutes, just, just talking and having a good time. <laughs> it was like two old buddies that hadn't seen each other in 10 years. And it was awesome, you know, and he's a great guy. And another one, you know, it's like I told you when you got to get all your stuff going, man, I'd, I'd be honored. I'll help, you know, share all your stuff, what I can. And just like with Michael, you know, I love to share his, his mission 22 stuff when he's getting ready to do his tour in, in June, when they leave on their, I think it's, they figure around 7,500 to 8,000 mile trip. And 
anything I can do to help raise awareness to any of your guys' causes and help with it, I'm honored myself. And that's, that's awesome. And that's what makes it all worthwhile and makes it all, you know, makes the wheel go around is, you know, everything kind of comes full circle. I help somebody, it just works its way right back to me and, and so on and so forth. And, um, we can't do it alone. That's for sure. It doesn't, uh, nobody just goes out and, and does anything by themselves for any good cause. You know, you, you need everybody's support, be it, you know, financially, emotionally, spiritually, whatever that support comes from, it's all, it all adds up. Yeah, very true. I'm going to have to do some serious uh, motorcycle conditioning of myself and maybe attempt one of your events next year. See if I can see if I got what it takes to, to go that far. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. If you're interested in the, in the Midwest monster, it's right on my uh, uh, webpage and uh, it's really designed for all levels of riders. Like I say, you know, it's uh, your average Joe is not going to go and win it, but if your idea to win any of these competitions is if you're into any of them to win it. Uh, I generally see those people wash out and fail. Uh, everybody I see that wins it and, or even finishes an elite rider status. They're just trying to do the best they can and not worry about anybody else. And it all almost always works out. Those who set out, Oh, I got to win this. I got to win this. They push when they shouldn't push. They, don't rest when they should rest and it is a marathon not a sprint so in in all those days something will go wrong if you don't have your mind in the right place well i think for me i mean there's uh i don't think i'd ever say i'm set up to you know i'm gonna go do this i'm gonna win it no i think for me it's more or less i want to set out i want to experience it do it you know and just go for it in the expense of the experience and just say you know can i even go this far do i have it in me physically, you know, mentally, everything. I mean, because it, it, it's a serious feat when you're, you know, pushing yourself that far for that long. It's not for everybody. And I can totally agree with you saying these guys come in, oh, I'm going to win this. And man, <laughs> best of luck to those guys. I would just rather experience a crowd, experience a friends, make some new friends and say, hey, you know what? I tried. If I fell, fall short, I fall short, but I tried. And I think that's the best you can do. Yeah, I tell everybody, just don't quit. If you just don't quit, you'll be fine. If you need to take an hour and get your brain right, no problem. If you need to do anything, just don't quit. Just have it in your head that I'm not quitting. I may finish in last place, but I'm finishing. And then you slowly and progressively get much better for every time you do it. So, and But the things you, the things you accomplish along the way and the people you meet and the stories you have, I mean, I'm sitting in, a, in our uh, – uh, motorcycle room right now and you know i have one wall dedicated to hokahe and you know i look at pictures there and it's like the people i've met along the way the people i've met for my fundraising like you just can't describe that and you can't make that up there's people that meet you just meet on the side of the road uh, in a gas station they tell a story and exactly you know, uh, you know they have a story to tell you have a story to tell and when your stories cross paths and they hit home and you share a few miles with somebody and, and then, you know, you get a name for yourself. People come out to meet you and, and they see you at places and we all have trackers on our bikes. So there's trackers on your bike. So once people get in the habit of understanding how those trackers work, you can follow people. And it's, it's amazing on, on a journey that you don't think anybody's around. And then somebody pulls up next to you and knows your name or knows your motorcycle's name. I mean, that's just, that just blew my mind away. 
and I'd pull up somewhere in middle of Montana and a girl pulls up alongside and asks if my name is Riot. And I said, how would you know that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it was just, it was just amazing that people are that into it and follow it and, and that you, people you don't even know. I pulled into a dealership on the Hokahey. I had to dip off the route to go to, uh, um, in Montana, to Missoula, Missoula, Montana. And their, Grizzly uh, Harley-Davidson. Harley. Yeah, I pulled in to get my uh, tire <laughs> fixed. And that wasn't even a checkpoint. I just went there. I had to get off the route because they needed a tire. And when I pulled in, they knew I was coming. And they said, oh, you must be Riot. And I said, how would you know that? And he goes, oh, we've been watching you, the, the Hokahey on the tracker. And I was like... Okay. You know, so they knew I was coming in for something because I left the route and, and they had been a checkpoint uh, previous years. And so it was just, just things like that or, or just, that's the incredible side of things you can never imagine happening. You know, I met Frank from American Pickers. Oh, wow. We watch that show American Pickers all the time. I pull into a checkpoint in Iowa and it's just me. There was two other hokey guys there uh, eating something, getting ready to leave when I pulled in. And there was a motorcycle in my way. And I'm in a hurry. Uh, you know, it was my first hokey. I was, you know, excited. This was the halfway point. I was in the top 20, so I was happy. And there was a motorcycle on my way. I was like, hey, can you guys get that motorcycle out of the way? And out walks Frank. And so I'm like, you know, suddenly became not in that big a hurry. Now I wanted some pictures. And <laughs> <laughs> he signed He signed my fairing and... Uh, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we had a good time. So it was, you know, like things like that that you'd never, you would never know that's coming. So you, you never know what's around every corner. And it's just, it's incredible. That's pretty cool. At Grizzly Harley Davidson, that's actually a pretty nice shop. I, I'd stumbled upon that when I was doing my, my big ride last year. And, you know, I, I didn't even know it was there going down the freeway. All of a sudden you see a big sign. That's, you know, I think it was probably around 106, 107 degrees. I'm like, you know what? that's a good place to stop for a minute and, and get some air conditioning and, you know, grab a bottle of water. Yeah. I've been there a couple of times. I, I got tires there in another race too. So it was kind of funny that, that little, that place out there in the middle of the West. Yeah. I've been, to, I've, they had my name on their computer already. And the guy looked at me funny when he goes, have you been here before? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, yes, I have, but pretty neat. Yep. Got the shirt and the poker chip to go along with it. Yeah, I started doing that as well, collecting some poker chips from the Harley dealerships. So, Matt, especially if I have a have a fond memory, um, yeah. then I I put them in my shadow box every year, and uh, just brings back some brings back some memories when I when I take a look at it. Yeah, I got a guy that made me a big sticker board with my V Twin Life logo in the middle of it, and so what I, you know, guys have been doing sticker sticker swaps with guys. Your guys have been sending me stickers. Yeah. I put them on there. Then I'm taking the poker chips and. I put a little piece of double-sided tape and I'm going all along the whole outer ring of it slowly going around it with uh poker chips, but I'm only about nine or 10 poker chips deep. I got a long way to go yet, but <laughs> it's just, you know, I figured, Hey, this would be a little cool way. And so I got a big, a guy that I had on the show, Setzer Pendants. He owns a print shop. So he made me this two foot by four foot V twin life podcast sign. And dude, the sign's amazing. And then he sent me that sticker board for Christmas and that sign. And, it was pretty freaking cool. That is cool because ever all the all the riders that I know, all the endurance riders, I shouldn't say all, but a good eighty five percent, they all have stickers, and everybody has stickers, and um, they're fun to put up. You know, if you go past the the state signs, 
you'll see the stickers all over it. And oh, yeah. it's, it's really fun for me to pull up to a state sign and it'll say, welcome to California. And I'll look up and there's Hopper's, there's Hopper's uh, sticker. Oh, I look over there and there's go home can or, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just funny to see. And, and I laughed because I pulled up to one in Texas just recently and Hopper's sticker was way, it was a one that was way up in the air. And Hopper sticker is way up in here. And I thought, man, I can't let Hopper be the only one with a cool spot. So I stood on my motorcycle and used an umbrella to reach as far as I could. And then almost broke my neck trying to get my sticker anywhere near his. I'm going <laughs> to have to. <laughs> I took a picture of it and sent to him. I said, you're not the only cool kid. <laughs> I'm going to have to remember that my next trip because I've done the same thing. I got, I've made some stickers, which, you know, when we. When we finish this, I'll give you color whatnot. I have to get your address, and I'll I'll send you some stickers. Yeah, I'll do the same. I have a sticker. It's pretty simple. It says "Life is short. Enjoy the ride." Yeah, mine. Um, I, I got the nautical compass, and then inside of it, I got a shadow image of me riding. Actually, the picture was from me going across Oregon that my son took, and just says the V twin life. And I felt the nautical compass was a a cool, you know, cool logo. Is you know, basically in the signs of you know, point your bike in a direction and just ride. Yep, exactly. I have uh, I have the Viking compass I'm tattooed on my hand. It's kind of the same idea. It's not a not a compass uh, like one that would point to north, but you know, if you have the right compass, you can always find your way home. Right. Very true. It's pretty pretty exciting. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to see out in the country. I tell people it's uh, it's an amazing place to see, and if you are by yourself on a motorcycle, it's uh, it's an incredible it's an incredible journey. And, uh, you know, it's really, really something I encourage everybody to take one motorcycle trip in their life and go see a sunset over the desert or a, a sunrise, you know, over the desert and set in the plains. And, you know, if you're endurance riding, you see some of those things in the same same day. I mean, I, I rode and it was 105 degrees or 106 degrees during the day. And I slept at night in the Rocky Mountains. It was 34 degrees with a 35 mile an hour wind. <laughs> and, you know, it was just amazing difference. I was sunburned. And then at night, I was so cold. I was just laid there shivering for two and a half hours before I gave up. And then I just took off and started riding again. But, uh, you know, the, the country has a lot of cool things to see. And I take pictures everywhere. I really, uh, really try to take it all in and share it with the world. So a lot of the pictures I put on my Facebook page. Um, so all my followers and sponsors and things can kind of live a little bit through the lens on my camera, just, uh, yeah, you know, and, and that gives it nothing in, compared to real life, but it's, it's something, you know, uh, so that, next... that and all the smells, you know, I mean, it, oh. you go through some of these areas and, they're just the smells are so unique in different areas, and it's like you said, being in a car, you're not going to experience it. I mean, it's life is different on the road traveling when you're behind those bars, and it, it's just it's hard to put into words. I mean, people just really can't grasp or understand, you know, where we're coming from when it's just it's so much different and free feeling. It's just it's hard to put into words. It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I always you know say if you have to explain it the, somebody's not going to understand you know like it, people just have it and they get it and then people who've never been on a motorcycle like you could explain it all day long and they just stare at you like a deer in the headlights they've never 
could never understand why you'd sit on a bike for a thousand miles and all through the weather and everything else. And, you know, I would, I would much rather prefer to ride on my motorcycle. Like when we go somewhere as a family, my family will fly and I'll ride my motorcycle and meet them there. And then we'll rent a car when we get to where we're going. <laughs> oh, we've done one like that this last summer. I mean, we're, my boys are playing baseball in Idaho and wife's like, you know, my basically, I mean, call my brother. We've been friends since we were young teenagers. All our, you know, our kids were born around the same time and the same ages. And he moved to Idaho about four years ago and he's recently bought a Harley and she's like, why don't you just ride? You know, we'll drive. And don't tell me twice. <laughs> and exactly. we, we did that a couple of times. They drove down to Idaho and I, I rode the bike and it was, it's awesome. It, it is. It's, I'd rather travel my bike any day. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, it's the best way, best way to travel. But Go ahead. It's not practical all the time. It's not practical all the time, but if I can, I'm definitely taking the bike. Yeah. Do you have a favorite kind of, you know, a favorite area of the country that you've really found you enjoy riding in more than any other one? I, I tell you, I really like, there's parts of the entire country that I really love. Um, my, one of my favorite places in the world really, but that I've ever been. And I happen to be there on a bike a few times is the Valley of the gods in Utah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's a very spiritual place and it really, uh, you know, hits home with you, you know, when you ride through there and I tell, you know, tell people if you can go through there and watch a sun come up, uh, last year I was in the Valley of the Gods at sunrise and I stopped and watched the sun rise right between some of the rock formations. I tried to get a picture of it. Uh, one picture I was trying to take, I was doing 90 miles an hour. So that one didn't turn out so good. So I actually pulled over and tried to get some. And it was really uh, just a awe-inspiring place to be. Um, so that that's like right up there in the top. And I really love, <laughs> some people hate it. I actually love to ride across the plains. So people are like, oh, Kansas is so boring or South Dakota, North Dakota, whatever. I, I get off the highway and I take the country roads and, you know, uh, there's not a lot of people there. So you can bang at any speed you want. And I love the plains. I think the people are awesome. So that's, that's one that most people don't talk about. And, you know, there's just a few places all around the country. The Grand Canyon is awesome. I slept alongside the Grand Canyon. It's always been a dream of mine to wake up at the rim of the Grand Canyon. So last year I just slept under the stars. Uh, I was just riding up to California to see some sights and I slept under the stars uh, on the edge of the Colorado river there at the beginning of the Grand Canyon. And that was one of the coolest places I've ever spent the night in my life. A million stars shining. It was the only the only thing that was bad about it is I was so tired from riding all day. I couldn't stay awake long enough to enjoy how cool those stars were. I fell asleep within 10 minutes, I'm sure. But <laughs> woke up and <laughs> woke up to watch the sunrise over that was incredible. So there's just, there's just places like that that are just really cool. The Smoky Mountains out by Gatlinburg, Tennessee. That's Lake an area Placid. I want to get through. Oh, it's, it's incredible. Uh, Lake Placid, New York is another area that I don't think it's nearly the the publicity it deserves. That, that's an incredible riding area right there. Pikesville, Kentucky is another place. Uh, has a lot of options. You can ride down into South Carolina. You can ride um, north into West Virginia, and it's all beautiful. But Pikesville, I tell everybody, if you can get a chance to get there, get there. It's cool. And um, the, the Morency Mine in Arizona 
That's another one that's just really cool. Highway 191 that used to be um, the old Route 66. And that was the part of the Route 66, if you look that up, used to be the 666. And they changed the name of it because everybody kept stealing the road signs. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that, that ride is like a super cool area. And, you know, whenever I'm on a ride that I'm not competing and if I'm just on a fundraising ride where it's not a, a competition, I stop every day at sunset and get a picture of the sunset. It only takes five minutes, 10 minutes, but I watch the sun go down and I appreciate the fact that I was on the road for another cool day and, you know, spent another, uh, another, set of hours on the right side of the dirt so um that's how i do it and take it in a little bit that's pretty cool it's like my yeah my daughter and she enjoys riding you know there's like last summer she called she goes hey dad you know it's gonna be great this week and we should go for a ride and you know, i've taken her up like north cascades highway and here a few months ago she's talking about wanting to do a trip to eastern washington this summer i'm like i oh, know okay well then i'm say like a week later, I get this message from her. She goes, Hey, she goes, I've thought of a cool motorcycle trip. You know, I'm thinking she found yeah. something cool across, you know, Eastern watch. I'm like, okay, you know, what do you got? Well, then she sends me her notepad. It's like from, you know, I'm in Port Angeles in the upper Northwest corner of Washington. It's like, we, we could ride to Boise and then we'll go through Idaho. Then we can go through Nevada, <laughs> Hoover Dam, the Grand Canyon, Colorado, Yellowstone, and then Montana, and then come back home. And I messed her. It's like, shit, you know, you, you, you know, you're buying a bike? Oh, no, I'm just going to ride with you. Oh, fuck, I just thought I would check. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, sure. That yeah, sounds, sounds like a great plan, dear. That's a great ride, though. I'll tell you what, for somebody who's not uh, not experienced at riding, she sure planned out a good one. Yeah. Oh, she, you know, she loves riding with me. And, you know, my kids have ridden since they were little. They started on dirt bikes. And, you know, she still really loves and enjoys going ride with me, which is fun. I really enjoy it. You know, my daughter's the oldest one. She's 22 and it is a lot of fun. We, you know, I go up there in the summertime, you know, grab her on the weekend and, you know, we'll go for a cool, good, you know, three, four hundred mile ride. And she loves it. And it's a lot of fun. You know, we still, she still likes it. It's something we can still do together, which is really cool. That is cool. I can, I can relate to that. My daughter is a senior in college and she's 21 and uh, she just got her first Harley last summer. Oh, she, nice. had a, she had a Buell Blast before that. She went from a scooter to a Buell Blast to a uh, little Harley Sporty. So uh, we ride together, and she did the same thing. When she was little, she rode with me all over the place. And, you know, I had to tie a bandana around with some knots in it because she couldn't reach around me so to hang on. And uh, it was a lot of fun to share that experience with her riding with me. And, and everybody would laugh. I'd pull up with this little this little girl on there. So here's this big roughneck biker, and she was <laughs> little girl. Little girl to be with. And I'd always tell the guys, I said, we got to tone it down a little bit. We can't we can't uh, be pounding beers and pounding miles at 100 miles an hour. I got Taylor with me, so <laughs> it was pretty. But it's pretty fun, and now it's it's fun to to ride with her. So I can totally relate to that. That's awesome. Yeah, my boys got plans. You know, in, in the future, they they want to get you know get on the road and and ride with me and. You know, I, I can't wait for day, you know, being my boys and myself and my dad going somewhere. It'd be just, that'll be an awesome one. I, that day, I can't wait. Yeah, take it in. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. So, shoot, man, this has been, you know, an awesome, you know, thanks for taking your time out. And like I said, you know, I mean, what you got going and, you know, what you're writing for a cause and a better and something, you know, the greater good, I think is awesome. Yeah, thank you. You know, I really uh, am trying to 
trying to spread the word and, you know, the little boy I ride for, Jamesy, uh, you know, everybody has gotten to know him through me riding and it's just, it's just cool. So, you know, we're all pulling for the same team here and, and, uh, you know, hoping that, that, you know, we can make a difference. So, you know, I thank everybody for support, man. I can't thank you enough for having me on here. I've never done a podcast. Uh, somebody asked me to do a podcast before and I, it didn't, our timing didn't work out and I really didn't even get it. And then Craig from wild ass called me up and say, man, I'm going to pass your number along. Is that all right? And I said, sure. So I, you know, I really do appreciate having me on here. Uh, I think it's really cool that somebody out there thinks enough of my riding that they want to ask me about it. So it's humbling. Uh, so really all I can say is I, I it's greatly appreciated and I appreciate all the support. Oh, absolutely. You know, and for me, it was, you know, starting this, it's all about, you know, I'm a guy that still enjoys reading, you know, I enjoy Rider Magazine and I enjoy Roadrunner Magazine. They're more, you know, kind of based, I mean, they do have some product reviews, but I like hearing the stories, you know, guys traveling here and traveling there. That's what I enjoy to read. So when I decided to dive into this, like, you know, I want to talk with other guys enjoy riding that, you know, I want to be able to share their stories for even longer and, just a way to, to meet people and, and share everybody's passion of the road. And this has been awesome, you know, and a, a huge thanks to Craig for, you know, getting you and I in contact and, you know, this has been awesome for me. It was really cool because when he, you know, like I said, when he mentioned your name, I, I knew who you were just from following the Hoku Hay. And man, I was, I was excited for this. This has been super cool, man. And I'm, I'm grateful for yeah. you also on to, to do this. Take your time, man. Yeah, that's, that's really cool, man. It's, uh, it's a great thing you got going on the V twin life. And it's, uh, you know, for those of us that live the life of a V twin, it's, it's just amazing platform. And you talk about that Roadrunner magazine. I, I was listening to a couple of your podcasts and I went out and got, a, I just got a subscription to it yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was, because, uh, on, on your podcast, guys were talking about it. I was like, man, that sounds like a good magazine. And so it is pretty good. I like it. Yeah. So it's so. kind of cool. So. It's yeah, awesome. and then we'll uh, we'll link everything down below in the, in the podcast description, so guys can click on links and follow along and support and everything, and that'll be awesome. Yeah, if anybody's got any questions, you know my my web uh, website has everything from my email to my phone number on there. I'm a pretty out in the open kind of guy, so if anybody has any questions about any events I'm putting on or want to join me, uh, everything we raise the money for goes to charity. So my Mile Monster, my Midwest Monster is in august and we have a 500 entry fee we have very little of the, very little of that money will be used um for any kind of fun prizes we're putting out that kind of thing uh so all of that money is going to charity so when people ask oh it's 500 whether is he you know i'm not doing this to make money this is not how i make money this is how i raise money for charity that's that's why i ride and that's the only reason so um you know, just want people to know that, look at that, you know, that's where it goes. That's why we do it. And I encourage every rider I ride with to ride for a charity. So if anybody's interested in joining me on any of my rides, they're more than welcome. Pick a charity, raise some money for it. If it's $10, that's $10 more than they had if you didn't do it. So uh, that's Amen. it. Awesome, man. Hey, thank you so much. And uh, thank you all for tuning in to the V-Twin Life Mile Post 27. Hey, feel free to follow the V Twin Life on Instagram at the V Twin Life underscore podcast. If you like this content, feel free to hit that subscribe button and never miss an episode. New episodes will air every Wednesday and every other Saturday at noon Standard Time Pacific. 
And if you share the passion for motorcycles, you want to be a guest, hey, feel free to shoot me an email, the v twin life at gmail.com, or shoot me a message on Instagram 